Yo, what's going on, bro nuts? Your boy Jerry, the TRX for Washington here at Gentle Fitness Company. Today is June 30th. It's the last day of June. Man, we are almost in. Well, we're past the halfway point, and right now we're looking at 20 to, uh, 2022, like, you know, less than six months away. I, I read something, actually. Uh, it was a meme somewhere, and it said, uh, we are six months away from 2022. Don't let anybody waste your time, and I think that's a pretty good one. So I hope I'm not wasting your time with this one. Uh, this is a one that's not necessarily a physical uh, episode. You know, like I like to talk about the physical stuff, but today, uh, like Monday, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the mental, and we're going to be talking about psychopathy. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I was actually thinking about this uh, on Monday a little bit because I was thinking about emotions and I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool to talk about po- toxic positivity. And as I was doing the episode, I had like, you know, neuroticism and psychopathy came up in my mind as like, you know, the opposites, uh, you know, optimism. So I, I didn't want to make that episode too long. So I decided that, you know, it'd be good to either do it on Wednesday or Friday. And here we are on Wednesday and we're talking about psychopathy. So yeah, we're going to talk about that uh, that today because, you know, you might know somebody in your life that, or that was in your life, hopefully, uh, that might've been a psychopath. And we're going to be talking about, you know, is it nature or nurture? Or is it, you know, how how do we actually know if someone is a psychopath? We're going to be talking about all that today in just a few moments. So uh, let's get underway. Episode number 75. Well, I forgot to say that earlier, but yeah, season eight, episode 75. So if you're new to the podcast, feel free to subscribe. <laughs> Anyways, let's go and get it underway. Episode number 75 of the TR Expert Talks. Psychopaths. Lego! All right, so we're going to pivot from uh, what we were talking about on Monday. You know, Monday I was talking about uh, the toxic positivity and being negative and, you know, more about your emotions. And today I, I wanted to dive a little bit further into that and go a little bit into uh, personalities. I wanted to talk about psychopathy, you know, because uh, I was thinking about that as I was thinking about, you know, the toxic positivity and the flip side of like neuroticism, you know, people that are like constantly feeling negative emotions. And I wanted to go into psychopaths because you always hear about these people that like know a psychopath, you know, have a psychopathic girlfriend or they talk about these antisocial behaviors and stuff. So, you know, I looked into that because, you know, I used to be in the psychology field. Uh, I used to delve into those uh, oppositional defiant disorders and ADHD uh, uh, with the uh, kids that were in the middle school. Uh, But obviously at that time, you know, you don't really uh, you don't. In the middle school age, you don't really have uh, a technical diagnosis for psychopaths. In fact, psychopaths actually aren't even real. And actually, uh, they really don't exist except for as a specification of what's called antisocial personality disorder or ASPD. And uh, these people, you know, psychopaths are actually usually, usually people with like a low sense of ethics or morality. Now, they have, uh, you know, again... It's an antisocial personality disorder, so they have other uh, things along the lines that you know we ca- we can consider as antisocial behaviors. But a true psychopath, uh, they 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 don't really exist other than as a specification of of antisocial p- uh, personality dis- uh, disorder. 
So it's 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 interesting because you know they were they do they do know this because they report that they feel little to no emotion when they're surveyed about like their deviant or antisocial behaviors. Now, one interesting observation is that um, on the subject of psychopaths is that when they were asked to draw these cartoon faces, you know, like they were asked to draw these faces uh, to mirror emotions, you know, happy, sad, angry, and, and so on and so forth they actually couldn't distinguish the uh, the faces. They drew similar faces or identical faces. So what, in, indica- what that indicates is that a true psychopath, someone that is actually a psychopath, they have uh, trouble picking up those minor facial cues uh, that, you know, your normal neuro, what do they call that, neuro... Their brains differ from those that are uh, neurotypical. You, you think about psychopaths and you're like, why do we even need psychopaths? Like, there should be... No reason for them, even though they are, you know, biologically, you know, they, they biologically do exist as a specification of personality disorder. Why, why do we have these people? And you think about it, they actually had an ev- evolutionary advantage up until pay, probably about two to three hundred years ago. Now, as you remember, I'll, t- I'll tell you why. But as you remember, as I've talked about before, uh, genetics and DNA doesn't really shift. They said they've said that. Our DNA has shifted about 0.01% in the past 700,000 years that we've existed as, you know, modern humans. So there isn't really much of a difference between us now and us when we were cavemen. So they had this evolutionary advantage because they showed no emotion. They could go out and they could hunt and kill and, uh, the you know, the cave, other cave dwellers, uh, they would benefit from that. Not to mention that, you know, they pretty much people like them, uh, people like Genghis Khan and, or Genghis Khan, I said Genghis Khan, but Genghis Khan and Napoleon, they were viewed as psychopaths. And these people, they actually shaped the geography and the demographics of our planet. So they had a hand in our human history, but to be honest with you, what we know is that a true psychopath is actually rare. They make up about 1% of the population. And the question is, for a lot of people, is that, you know, are, are they created or are they born? And brain scans have shown that they're actually biologically different in, in the centers that can tra- control, uh, or the centers in the brain that control uh, behavior and aggression. So they're different than your, again, that neurotypical brain. So there's also a genetic uh, component that points to a higher probability of psychopaths having offspring that also develop psychopathy. So, yeah, notice I said develop psychopathy. So that means that there might be a nurture aspect, and there actually is. And it seems that there's, uh, if, if you have the genetic factors, that could be a predictor, but it's not the only predictor. In fact, what usually is a predictor of psychopathy is A, the genetic factors, your brain is going to be wired differently, but also experiencing some sort of trauma. And for the most, the most common form of that trauma would be early childhood abuse. So, yeah, I mean that, those the, that's the real deal on psychopaths. They they don't really exist uh, in real life. You know, they, there's people that have antisocial behaviors, and um, 
a lot of factors have to go into being a psychopath. You know, you have to not only be born with the genetics, but you also have to experience some sort of trauma. And again, because psychopaths don't experience emotion, that would probably indicate that a lot of people that are psychopaths that have children end up having children developing psychopathy because those psychopaths most likely inflict trauma on their children. So, yeah, they are born but they're also nurtured. There's not, there's not really a someone that is strictly nurtured psychopath and there's no one that's strictly uh, nature psychopath. You have to have those, those common factors to have a, a true psychopath. So you might believe that you might have met a psychopath, maybe a ex-boss or a significant other or even a parent, uh, but it's, you know, it's, it may or may not be the case. However... What I have added into this uh, into this episode here in the in the show notes is a link to a list for uh, a checklist. There's a guy named Robert Hare. He's actually the foremost researcher on psychopathy, and he created a checklist for it's a um, a 22 item checklist that I'm going to just read off to you real quick. And obviously, as I said earlier, I'm going to include the link in the and then show notes so you can. Check it out on your own when you're uh, when you, when you have free time. So here's the tw- here's the 22, and then uh, we'll finish the show. So first is glibness or super, superficial charm, uh, a previous diagnosis of psycho uh, of a, a, a previous diagnosis as a psychopath or similar, uh, egocentricity, grandiose sense of self worth, proneness to boredom, low frustration or tolerance, pathological lying and deception, conning or lack of sincerity. Lack of remorse or guilt, lack of of affect and emotional depth, callous, lack of empathy, parasitic lifestyle, short-tempered or poor behavioral controls, promiscuous sexual relations, early behavior problems, lack of realistic long-term plans, impulsivity, irresponsible behavior as parent, frequent marital relationships, juvenile delinquency, poor probation or parole risk, failure to accept responsibility for own actions, Many types of offense. <laughs> That's kind of like, uh, that seems like a throw-in, right? It feels like a throw-in. And the last one is drug or alcohol abuse, not direct cause of antisocial behavior. So, yeah, those are um, 22, and, you know, those are probably, you could probably, some of those seem kind of, like, broad. You can probably narrow that down to maybe 20 or even 18. Uh, but, yeah, that's the che- that, those are the, the checklists. You don't necessarily have to have all those, uh, but... I think uh, it, you know if you're seventy percent or higher, you're pretty high on the on that check on that checklist, or you're pretty high on that scale. Uh, also, there's a hexaco. Uh, I guess I could include that the show in the show notes. Why not? But there's also a hexaco test. I've included included that in a, a few other uh, episodes. But that's a test for neuroticism. That's not necessarily uh, psychopathy. Uh, but psych- uh, neuroticism is a measure of negative emotion. So. Essentially, if you're neurotic, you're high in negative emotion. So, you know, it's also interesting. You know, it's not, again, it's not necessarily psychopathy, uh, but it is along the lines of uh, something that could definitely not be beneficial. So, you know, I guess a lower level of psychopathy would be neuroticism. And not necessarily, that's not necessarily a bad thing because people that are high in neuroticism uh, can, uh, can be very successful in life if they know how to access that you know if you can take that neuroticism that high level of negative emotion and use that as a uh, something to help you produce 
that can be great. There is a lot of successful people that have high levels of neuroticism, but you don't want to have them too high because then you get really self-conscious and uh, it's really hard to achieve what you want because everything just feels negative. So people, you know, it's like a certain certain level of neuroticism that's healthy, um, but there's really no level of psychopathy that's healthy. So anyways, that uh, does it for this episode. I really do appreciate you listening. If you did enjoy this, feel free to listen once or twice again. Uh, share it and also leave a rating or review. Let me know how you feel about this episode or these types of episodes where I kind of go into the brain a little bit more and talk about things that really don't have much to do with uh, uh, your physical fitness, uh, but mental fitness. All right. So I'll check you on Friday. Take care. And as always, keep good company. 